0: page Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world.
1: Hello, this is Mike Collins here and you're very welcome to the Letter from Ireland podcast. Today's show is called Irish Pioneers in a Far Away Land. Now, the Irish Pioneers in question are basically people who left Ireland in the very early days in one case, in the uh, slightly later days in another case, and ended up in the far part of North America, the place now known as Canada, of course. So, what we're actually going to do is we're going to take uh, two different surnames, two of the more numerous Irish surnames. We have O'Donovan on the one hand, mostly from around County Cork, up there into County Limerick and over into County Waterford. Very numerous Irish surnames, both in Ireland and abroad. And the other surname we're going to look at is O'Brennan. Again, one of those surnames that typically comes out from around uh, County Kilkenny or thereabouts, but has found its own way around the world over the years. These two individuals, each holding the surname, one is a man called Dennis Donovan, who came out of County Cork and ended up in, again, Ontario, I suppose, which is now part of Canada, of course. And in the other case, we're going to look at a man called Taig O'Brennan, who had a very amazing story, basically, as he went over to, essentially, Canada, what before was Canada, in the very, very early days, And became known under a slightly different moniker, Thekel Aubry, And in fact, the man became known as that particular name, Aubry Pierre Aubry. eventually. And in fact, he has a number of people actually in Canada, all of his descendants, a number of whom we actually have been on to be down over the years. So two letters, two very different stories, but you could call them again, Irish pioneers in a faraway land for sure. Now, we're also going to feature, I think, some really interesting music, for me at least. Uh, The common theme in all these pieces of music today is, on the one hand, they all feature Canadian uh, folk, tunesters, singers, and so on, and all in alliance with our own The Chieftains. So we're going to feature um, some singers and musicians from Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, there on the far side of east side of Canada. And again, we visited Cape Breton actually a few years back, and it was absolutely fascinating to travel around those roads on Cape Breton and see all the place names, both in uh, Scots Gaelic or Irish, if you like, and English at the same time. And understanding both language in a place so far away from home was an interesting experience for sure. So we're going to feature the Rankins from Nova Scotia, Cape Breton. And we're going to feature as well the, N- the Ennis Sisters from St. John's in Newfoundland. And finally, we're going to feature Natalie McMaster and Dave MacIsaac, all with the Chieftains in our three pieces of music today. So I think before we get on with our first letter, which is going to be all about the story of Dennis Donovan, we're going to start off with a piece of music called Inish Ike.
0: I was watching the television the other night and a wonderful programme called Owen came on. It features a different Irish river each week. Owen, spelt A-B-H-A-N-N, is our Irish word for river. And the programme takes us from a river source to sea over the course of half an hour. This week it featured the River Bandon in County Cork. Now the river Bandon receives its name from a Celtic goddess for water called Ban, B-A-N-N, and rises near the little village of Drimelig. Through the many aerial shots in the programme we visit towns, bridges and castles that the river passes as it flows to the sea. Over the first few miles it passes through country associated with the O'Donovan family name. A few months back I travelled to this area and came across one of those castles featured in the programme, Toker Castle, and we spell that T-O-G-H-E-R. Toker Castle was a stronghold of the McCarthy's clan. As I stood there taking pictures from a distance on a, that cloudy day the farm owner came out of a nearby house. We nodded hello, stood beside each other looking towards the castle across the field and we got talking as you do. The farmer's name turned out to be O'Donovan and he inherited the castle with a farm that he had brought a few years back. Before that he had been on the road running a transport company but coming close to retirement he decided to buy the farm and settle down. At this point he shared that the only way I'll be out of here for him was in the foxy box. More about that later. We talked a while about the castle's history and how we might be related on the Donovan side but after a while we went off on our separate ways. This man had decided on the place he wanted to rest and see out the rest of his days. Sometimes we forget just what a privilege it is to be able to choose our own final resting place and this is what he meant that the only way he was leaving was in the foxy box. Coincidentally, a few days later I received an email from one of our readers, Melinda, And she shared a story about another Donovan and how, despite the odds, he also got to choose his final resting place. So here's Melinda's story of one of her ancestors who settled on land beside the Big Rideau Lake in Ontario, Canada. And this is what she went on to say. My great, great, great grandfather was Dennis Donovan, and he was born in 1795 in County Cork. By the 1820s, he had moved to New York, USA, and then on further to Ontario, Canada. In 1842, he bought 50 acres of land in the area near Donovan's Point on the big Rideau Lake. Here he and his family operated an apple orchard and market garden. He died in December 18th, 1851, and was buried on his own property. When his wife and son sold the property later in 1860, it was for the entire 50 acres, with the exception of a small parcel of land, nine foot long by six foot wide. Yes, you guessed it, the burial place of Dennis Donovan. One story, not verified, mind you, goes that the deed for this nine by six foot wide plot was given to the city of Cork in Ireland. These are the roots of a fictional Rideau canal worker buried in Irish soil story that appeared in our local newspapers. Donovan's headstone was found in 1970 and it read Dennis Donovan, departed this life December 18th, 1851, aged 56 years, a native of the county Cork, Ireland. What a great story, Melinda, and thanks very much for sharing it with us. A man there who was determined to be buried on Irish-owned soil, and his family somehow made sure that he got his wish. Now, my next step must be to head into the archives department in the City Library here in Cork and see if there is any chance of finding that document presented to them by the Donovan family all those years ago. And if I find anything, I'll be sure to let you know.
1: What a beautiful tune there. Red is the rose. And I think that's familiar to many of us. Um, Sung there by the Ennis sisters from St. John in Newfoundland and the Chieftains as well. Beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Before that, of course, Karina was actually reading out the story of Dennis Donovan. And I really must make it a job in the relatively near future to head into uh, Cork and see if I can actually uncover that piece of paper referred to in the story. Now, we're going to move on to our second story today, our second letter today, read by Karina, And it's the story of a man by the name of Tygo Brennan. And, however, he assumed a very different name over the many years of his life. And the story is called, Is This the First Irish-Canadian?
0: One of our readers on the letter, Louis Aubry, shares the story of his ancestor, Pierre Aubry, who became the first recorded Irish-born settler in what is now modern Canada. Why don't you have a listen and see if it reminds you a little of the story of your own ancestors. In 2006, the census showed that there were 4.4 million people in Canada that described themselves as being of Irish origin. 350 years earlier, back in 1663... The first census was held in the outpost of Villa-Marie, now modern-day Montreal, and it listed 3,035 residents. Among them was a man who became known as Pierre Aubry, and Pierre is the highlight of our story today. However, his name on arrival in Villa-Marie was not Pierre Aubrey. It was Taig, T-A-D-H-G, Cornelius O'Brennan, and Taig was the first recorded settler in the territories that later made up the modern state of Canada. So what brought Tig to this part of the world in the 1600s, a full 200 years before many of his Irish Catholic neighbours? Here's what happened. Taig came from the O'Brennan families of North Kilkenny. And they came from the old Irish tribal lands known as the Ossery. And the Ossery covered most of modern County Kilkenny and part of South County Leash. Now the chief family of the area were the Fitzpatricks. But many areas of land known then as Tuhas in Irish, many areas of these lands were governed by families like the O'Brennans for hundreds of years. However, back in 1652, Oliver Cromwell had swept through the island in a brutal campaign which culminated in the Act of Settlement. Now, this piece of legislation effectively confiscated the majority of Irish Catholic-owned land, and amongst the land affected was land belonging to the O'Brennans that had previously been owned by them for hundreds of years. The displaced Irish were given the choice to go, to go to hell or to Connacht. Although many ended up as slaves in the West Indies and over 30,000 ended up as soldiers in the armies of France and Spain, they became known as the wild geese. Tiger Brennan was one of those who chose to join the army of France at the age of 20. He moved to the Celtic region of Brittany in northwest France and this was one of the regions to supply soldiers and planters to the new colonies in North America. So Taig eventually turns up near modern Montreal in what was known as Villa Marie for the first time in 1661. He is recorded as being in the employ of a local farmer and then we hear of him only because he was one of a number kidnapped By the band of Iroquois, he remained captive from March to October, but he was one of the lucky few to escape with his life. By the Villa Maria census of 1663, Taig has now become known as Thickle T-H-E-C-L-E, Cornelius O'Brennan, A-U-B-R-E-N-A-N. So the spelling is starting to change. The same census recorded that while there were 1,293 single men in Villa Marie, Tig amongst them, there were only nine single women of childbearing age. So this prompted King Louis XIV of France to send his les filles de roi, daughters of the king, to help the situation out a little. These daughters consisted of 770 women who arrived in the new colony between 1663 and 1673. In fact, more than 95% of French Canadians can trace their ancestors to women in that group. Naturally, this group of women also caught Tig's attention. Now Taig tried hard for seven years to win himself a bride from each new boat that arrived with Les Filles de roi. But eventually he realized that he needed to head down river to Quebec City to increase his odds of success. This he did, and on July the 31st he met Jean Chartier. Taig and Jean were married on September 10, 1670. The newlyweds settled on what is now the island of Montreal and had seven children, three girls and four boys. Four of the children died before the age of five and the last two girls, born in 1679 and 1681, unfortunately died soon after birth. Tide retired at the age of 51 and died four years later, November 1687. He was buried in Pont-au-Tremblay under the name of Pierre Aubrey and was survived by Jean and three of their children. We can guess that Thigh lived a hard and uncertain life far from all the familiar culture and people he knew so intimately up to the age of 20 here in Ireland. He did what he could to survive and push ahead. Louis Aubrey, who kindly shared his story and the documents relating to his ancestor Tige, points out that now there are 5,600 descendants of Tige on his database living in North America. And I guess few realise that while many bear the surname Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y, They are descended from a man with one of the more common names found in the north of County Kilkenny, Ireland, Brennan. Does this sound like the story of your Irish ancestor? The story of Ty Cornelius O'Brennan, the first recorded settler in what was to become modern day Canada.
1: As you can hear from that we decided to make our final piece of music today a nice lively piece there a piece called fingal's cave and the chieftains in that case were joined by natalie mcmaster and dave MacIsaac, both from cape breton Island in nova scotia in canada and indeed that is both our final piece of music and the actually end of today's show as well i hope you enjoyed it uh, Irish pioneers in a far away land and if you're interested you can actually find reference to these stories covered in today's show and a little bit more on the show notes at a letter from Ireland.com forward slash seven three two. That's a letter from forward slash seven three two. Indeed, if you enjoy today's show, do take a few moments to uh, li- write a review at the end of wherever you are at the moment. You might actually, well, not if you're in the car, obviously, but if you're an Apple uh, uh, podcast, for example, just go to the bottom of the page. You can leave a review there. Or indeed, if you're inside in the forum somewhere, just go to scroll down to the bottom, say hi. Tell us how much you actually enjoyed or what you enjoyed about today's show. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. we love your feedback. So thank you very much from Karina and myself for spending the last 30 minutes or so with us. Hope you really enjoyed today's show and look forward to chatting again next week. Slon for now.
0: If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, the Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of the green room at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our green room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com, and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice.